0: Verses 22 to 32, Jesus walks on the water. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying, "O oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And, in tho- and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church.
1: Good morning. It is good. It's really good to see your faces this morning. And before we come to the word of God, let's start with a word of prayer, amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. And thank you, Lord, for the things that you have prepared for all of us this morning. We pray that you will open our eyes as we were singing, Lord, this morning to see see the wonders of your love, your mercy, and your compassion lord for all of us we pray these in the name of jesus and everybody says amen. amen amen i would like to call your attention this morning to the last verse that we were not reading this morning but is the verse 33 if you go with me to matthew chapter 14 verses 40, uh, 33 It says, and those in the boat, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, truly, you are the Son of God. The whole point of this sermon is to expand into what causes this reaction in Jesus' disciples. Why did they end up worshiping Jesus? Especially if we uh, understand that his disciples were Jewish men thought since youth that only Jehovah was to be worshipped. The disciples lived in a monotheistic culture. Means that they only worship one God. So, when the disciples worshiped Jesus, they were saying, you are the Son of God. That meant they recognized that Jesus was actually God. And let me tell you an interesting fact right here. Up until this moment, we have seen many people worshiping Jesus but not his disciples. If you remember, when Jesus was an infant, the wise men came and worshiped Jesus. The man with leprosy worshiped Jesus. The man with the evil spirit who lived among the tombs, he worshiped Jesus. A blind man who was healed, he worshiped Jesus. But after two years, after after two years seeing miracle after miracle, his disciples had not worshiped him. Not until, until this night in the Sea of Galilee. So, what moves his disciples to worship Jesus in this occasion. And this, this is the question that we are going to be answering this morning. And my prayer is that after we open God's word, we will join the disciples in humble adoration to the Son of God. So, let us dig into the text this morning to learn together some of the reasons why the disciples ended up worshiping Jesus, the Son of God. The first thing that we are going to be seeing in this passage is that they worshiped Jesus because they knew he was the Son of God based on his divine authority. They worship Jesus based in, on his divine authority. Jesus had authority over his disciples and over the multitude. All over the Gospels, all over the four Gospels, you will find the authority of Jesus manifest. But here in verse 22 is... It's so evident. If you read with me Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately. Immediately. He he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. If you remember from last Sunday, after feeding the thousands, the multitude wanted to make Jesus king. And it seems, it seems the disciples were not against the idea at all. They indeed wanted the kingdom come. They had been waiting for a long time for this moment when the people were going to come together and said, Jesus is the king of the Jews. And they, oh boy, they were ready to get part of the kingdom, right? They were ready to wear their robes and to sit up as the friends of the king, the close ones of the king. They had a struggle, they had struggled for two years in their wanderings and travelings with Jesus, but now they saw the moment coming that they had been waiting for, for a long period of time. But, but the Lord knew the temptation. The Lord knew the temptation, so he just sent them away to remove the temptation from his disciples. Jesus was fully aware of their weakness, and he was fully aware as well of the political plan of the crowd. So, Jesus, in his authority, he sent them both away. The verb he made his disciples. The verb made there is a strong word. It's almost as if he forced them to get into the boat. Of course, they didn't want to leave right at that moment. They didn't want to miss the coronation, right? They wanted to stay there with Jesus. And... We need to consider another another aspect right here. Some of his disciples were fishermen. So when Jesus made them to get into the boat, they probably knew that a storm was coming their way. But here you see Jesus' authority. He made them to get into the boat. And then we read, and he dismissed the crowd. He said, you guys go to the boat. And he said to the crowd, and you guys go home. There is no coronation today. And that was all. No argument, no discussion, no, like, uh, sometimes with my daughter, but, 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 but no, no argument there. Was a command. And in in verse 23, we read, And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray, when evening came, he was there alone. Jesus needed to pray because don't you think this was also a temptation for Jesus? This was also a similar temptation. Do you remember when Satan, Satan tempted uh, and offered him all the kingdoms of the world and his glory? Do you remember that on, that other occasion? This was, this was a similar temptation for Jesus. And how important is to pray in times of temptation. But we are not going there today. That's for another sermon. So he prayed for himself. But he probably also prayed for his disciples who were tempted at the same time. And now they were in the middle of the sea, in the middle of the the storm. But we see Jesus at the top of the mountain, praying for himself and praying for his disciples. Do you remember the other occasion when he told Peter, Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And if you go to chapter 17 in the Gospel of John, you are going to find like uh, the whole chapter is a prayer of Jesus for his disciples. So yes, I believe that Jesus was praying for himself, but as well he was praying for his disciples in this time of trial. He was interceding for his disciples in this time of trial. But now let us come to the second reason. The disciples worshiped Jesus because they knew He was the Son of God based on His divine knowledge. If you go with me to verse 25, we can read there. But the boat, but this time, was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. So now the disciples are beaten by the sea, and the word beaten there literally means torture by the sea. You know what, what is the meaning of torture, right? Until you confess the waves were torturing them. They have been sailing currently for about six hours. Yes, while Jesus was praying, from evening till the fourth hour, the disciples were fighting in the middle of the sea for their lives. They were fighting to survive. But here comes the the, the most amazing part in this passage. Jesus in his divine knowledge knew exactly where to find his disciples. He knew what they were experiencing in the boat even when he was not in the boat with them. And no, Jesus did not have a GPS to locate the boat in the middle of the sea. But you, you see, for Jesus, darkness is not a barrier. For Jesus, distance is not a problem. For Jesus, time is not an obstacle. So around the fourth watch of the night, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., when the disciples were in great anxiety and in great fear, Jesus decides to show them that he knew about their peril. What a beautiful moment, eh? Why did Jesus wait until this time to show up? Because the disciples needed to learn that in the moment when they were the weakest, he had the divine knowledge to find them and to come to the rescue. And this is true for all of us as well. Jesus knows where your boat is Jesus knows how long you have been in that boat Don't think for a moment that Jesus don't Jesus doesn't know your situation. Don't doubt for a moment that you are alone and he is unaware of your situation. No, Jesus knows where you are. And at the right time. When we are the weakest, we need to remember that we are not forgotten. Can you believe that this morning? You are not forgotten. He knows where we are. Amen. But third, let us move to the third reason. They worshiped Jesus because they knew He was the Son of God based on His divine care and protection. Up until now, we have seen His divine knowledge and His divine authority. And now we see His care and protection. In verse 26, we read, But... Matthew 14, 26 says, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cry out in fear. So imagine if you are in a small boat in the middle of the storm, it is dark and foggy, and you are in a panic because you cannot control the boat. And suddenly, you see a UFO moving on the water. Yes, an identify, unidentified flying object. That's UFO, that's abbreviation. I'm just answering my daughter, they go, what? <laughs> so imagine. Something moving on the water. What would you do? I will tell you what I... Yes, I will yell till I faint. And then when I wake up, I will yell again and I will faint again. So did the disciples. That was happening there with the disciples, they were in a state of horror with no place to run. They were in a boat where they were going to go. No place to run away or to, or to hide. And in their fear, they couldn't discern a ghost from their salvation they couldn't discern a ghost from their salvation but let's read the verse 27 let's look verse 27 and we are going to understand Jesus' care and Jesus' protection But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Can you hear this morning Jesus telling you, Take heart, Bert. It is I. Take heart, Andrew. It is I. Do not be afraid. Dave Roberts, take heart. William, James, Chris, Wilma, and Patricia, and Elise. Take heart, Nathan. It is I. Do not be afraid. In other words, he told his disciples, be of a good cheer. I am here. Notice that he didn't give them a great sermon. He does not explain to them how he could walk on water. What is more, Jesus was not teaching his disciples that they could walk on water also. After this event, none of them did. None of his disciples did walk on water. So the point of this story is to teach people or to teach us that no one can walk on water but God. The lesson these scripture wants to give us is that no one can walk on water, just God. What we learn here is that Jesus was not just another human. He was God, the same God who worked miracles in the Old Testament, the same God who promised His people in the Old Testament that He will be with them th- when they pass through the waters or when they pass through the fire. Jesus was God walking among them on the waters. In the the Sea of Galilee. Take care, take taking care, I'm sorry, of them and responding with love. And responding with protection and care for them. But finally, they worship Jesus because they knew He was the Son of God based on His power to show his love. Jesus is not to be worshipped only because of his divine knowledge or because of his divine authority or his care and protection, but because of his love to show, because of his power to show his love for us. Look, Jesus knows everything about you and me. Whether we believe it or not. Jesus has all the authority in the universe, whether we like it or not. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Jesus cares and protects us even when we are not aware that he is taking care of us. But everything changes when we experience His love for us. Everything changes when we, when by His grace, our eyes are open and we can see His powerful love for us. That makes a big difference in our lives this is very important for us to understand because if you take Peter, let's take Peter you know Peter right Peter was the one who fell asleep in the prayer meetings Like most of us, if we have been in a prayer meeting, right? I have slept in some prayer meetings, right? At least nobody noticed probably, but yes. Peter was the one who dared divert Jesus from the cross. Well, no, Jesus, what do you mean that you need to die on the cross? And Jesus at the same in this same moment he told, get away, Satan, get away from me. Peter stood outside of the trial place and denied Jesus three times. Ah, but there is something you and I cannot deny about Peter there is something that you and I cannot say no this is this didn't happen in the life of Peter we cannot deny that Peter knew that Jesus loved him that is something undeniable And because of that, even when he didn't fully understand, when Peter didn't fully understand the divine authority of Jesus, when he didn't understand his divine knowledge or his, or his divine power to protect him and to take care of him, he always knew Jesus' love for him. And in consequence... And in consequence, he loved Jesus recklessly. Oh yes, Peter loved Jesus recklessly. Peter loved Jesus so much that he risked his life to go to Jesus in the middle of the storm. Peter wanted to be with Jesus no matter what. Yes, he failed, right? He failed on the test. He failed on, on, on walking on, on water. But I will, I will dare you, I will dare myself to, to do what he did in that dangerous storm. And what a display of power and love of Jesus in verse 30. We read, but when he saw the wind, He was afraid, and beginning to sink, sink, he cried out. And he said, Lord, save me. You want to hear something interesting here? Peter was the first disciple to worship Jesus while he was sinking, probably Peter thought this is, these are my last minutes. And while he was sinking, he called Jesus Lord. And Lord is the same word used in the Old Testament for Yahweh or for Adonai. Jehovah, the God of creation. Jehovah, the Lord Almighty, the the rock of ages. Jehovah, the healer, the rescuer, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of salvation, yes, Peter, Peter, when he was losing his life, tortured by the waves, he saw God walking on the Sea of Galilee. Don't you think that that is an amazing discovery right there? What a beautiful moment it was for Peter when in verse 31 we read Jesus, and this is the second time that we find immediately. Look, Jesus in verse 31 immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. Brothers and sisters, this story points to Jesus from beginning to end Peter and the rest of the disciples learned that Jesus is to be worshiped because he is the manifestation of God And even when he is using this storm to show them that he does not need an earthly crown to be in control of everything, he showed his divinity right there in the middle of the sea. He showed them his authority, his knowledge, his protection, and his love for them and for all of us as well. Luke verse 33. One more time with me. Matthew 13, 14, 33 says, And when they got into the boat mean Jesus and Peter the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him saying truly amen truly amen you are the son of God What is the message here for you and for me? There is just one message there. Worship him. Worship him. Because he is God. First, recognize that Jesus loves you. And then it's going to be very, very, very easy to recognize his divine authority, his divine knowledge. His divine care and protection for you, once you know that He loves you, the rest is going to fall into its place. Yes, the message this morning is that He is worthy of our love, of our trust, and of our adoration. Amen Let's pray Lord Thank you for this opportunity That you are giving us To see you Walking In our midst Telling us that we Are not Forgotten That you are with us that no matter where we are, Lord, you know, you know where to find us and where to rescue us and when to rescue us. And this morning, Lord, we want to use this time to worship you, to recognize Your divine authority, your divine care and protection, and your divine love for all of us. I want to invite you to stand this morning and to to close this time singing the song that we were singing previously in our worship.